I'm Emily. And I'm Tanner. And you're listening to the Sencia Podcast, a conversation about simplicity. What's up, everybody? I'm Emily. I'm here with Tanner today. He is in Florida. I'm still in Colorado. We were able to see each other a couple weeks ago, but we're back apart for another month. So we're chatting over Zoom right now. We're going to talk to you today about how we went about finding our good enough cruising sailboat. And what we mean by that is just uh, we went through this whole process of searching for a boat and figuring everything out from scratch since we had no experience at all at the very start of this. Um, And we just found out that, you know, finding a perfect boat is kind of unrealistic, but we ended up finding the perfect boat for what we need um, for cruising the Caribbean next year. So we wanted to chat about the experience, um, kind of the craziness of what we went through, and then give you a framework for how you might do the same thing if you're looking to find a boat. So we kind of broke it down into some steps. Um, we like to like lay it out for you. So the first step would be, how do you even you know know what kind of boat you want? Um, you know, if you're starting from scratch, it might be pretty tough to figure out all the things that you might need. The second step is finding the boat and where to look and how you're going to go about finding options for what you need and where you are. And then the third step would be what you do once you actually find a boat that you're interested in. So I'm here with Tanner. He is kind of an expert in this. Like I said, I'm living in Colorado, so um, he was doing all the work. Um, I was here kind of just looking online and trying to find things through pictures, but he kind of got to see stuff in person. So I'll let him talk to you about where we started. All right. So first thing, happy birthday. It's Emily's birthday today. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think it's important to, we're laying out three steps, <clears throat> but these three steps are for part one. As you know, if you've done this before, or if you've had to find and buy a boat, it can be pretty complicated. There's a lot of steps. So these three steps are for the first part, which is the search. We'll do some uh, two other parts of uh, the offer and the purchase, which are also pretty complicated. And there's a lot of things that you may not know that you have to do. And I didn't know. So anyways, we'll jump into it for part one, the search. Um, I guess the first thing to do is just where do you even start? Um, I know for us, we decided we were going to buy a boat and we were going to start cruising next year. We had a timeline together. We kind of knew sort of how much money we wanted to spend. And uh, we'd watched a lot of sailing channels on YouTube. And um, that kind of gives you, gave me at least an idea of, you know, what we would need just from watching others. Because um, we have no experience. So watching other channels really gives you kind of an idea of how their boats are set up, what kind of boats they have, how big they are, um, you know, where the places that they're taking these boats because most of them are like couples, you know, so you can kind of get an idea of what you need from from what they're doing. Um, and then we just kind of made a list of all the things that we thought our boat was going to need. So I know for me, some of the priorities I had were a refrigerator, windless, you know, solar setup, self-tailing winches. And we wanted, we were very concerned about like the layout of the boat like having a center cockpit was something we wanted at first because of the giant aft cabin. Um, we wanted a folding table in the cabin so that it was out of the way. I don't like those tables that go around the mast. Uh, they're kind of annoying. 
and autopilot. And so I guess for me though, at first I was more concerned about kind of the layout and the comfortableness of the boat and less concerned about the systems of the boat. Um, so what was your initial, what do you think your like most important things when we were looking at boats, like what were your priorities at the beginning? Yeah, we both have lived like on our own in houses. We've been out of college for, you know, eight years now living in a house. And so I was thinking of, you know, making this boat into my next home. I've moved a bunch of times and I was kind of considering it as, oh, what would I look for in my next house? You know, so I was looking at the layout. I was looking at, you know, what's the kitchen look like? How am I going to cook in it? How am I going to like, what's the bedroom like? you know, things that are required for day-to-day living on the boat. But what I didn't think about was this is like a machine kind of as well. It's like, you know, it's something that you have to, I've never owned a home, so I've never had to like do all of the maintenance and stuff on it. Um, And so I wasn't thinking about the, all of the structures and the, what actually makes a boat a boat. Um, So like just looking at boats online, all you see is photos of like the layout and the sails and like how everything looks and you know a lot of the boats look really run down and so obviously I was like oh I don't want a boat like that um so it was a lot of cosmetics at the very beginning for me because I just didn't know anything else about boats I think that's probably how most people start unless they know you know they've owned a boat or have been around it they probably do the same thing I would imagine most people look at it and they think the cosmetics is the first thing you see so if it's a nice clean everything's you know, got nice cushions and it looks pretty. You're like, oh, it must be a great boat, but it could be terrible. You know, it's actually, yeah. as we learned over time, you know, obviously that's not the most important thing. But yeah, so those are kind of our priorities. That's a lot of things, but we kind of knew we needed those things or wanted those things. Uh, and we knew we weren't, we weren't going to get everything. We just, we made like a nice to have list as far as like all the things we would, if it was our dream boat, you know, but we knew that like, the boat was going to need work no matter what boat we got. Yeah. So we weren't expecting to have everything we wanted right from the very start. Yeah. So we had like our initial list of things that we, you know, thought we wanted to or nice to have, you know. Um, and then we kind of started to rank them and base it on what our budget was. The budget was the real kicker because I don't think we knew how much things cost when we first started out. And uh, once we made a budget, we could be like, oh, actually, like we have to kind of delete some of the things from our list that realistically we're not going to get within the budget that we set for ourselves right yeah and I think you kind of have to be I I don't think we thought about the upgrades or just the general work that has to be done normally Uh, I mean it's just going to depend on what condition the boat's in when you receive it or purchase it Um, sometimes you may pay more money and have less things to do to get it ready to go. And then, you know, sometimes you may pay less money and, but you're going to have some work that you have to do and you're going to put money into it anyway. So absolutely, it's kind of, there's a lot of variables with that, but, uh, it's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind that just that, that cost that you see is probably not realistic. It's going to, a lot of things are going to, are going to depend upon condition of a lot of different things, you know? So the, that initial price line, you know, we've spent quite a bit of money that, you know, we probably weren't, ex- well, we kind of were expecting, but I mean, maybe not at the beginning. We didn't think, oh, we're going to have to put thousands of dollars into a boat. Like we were thinking, well, we'll spend this much money because it's our budget. And at the end of the day, we actually went quite a bit lower than our budget, but then we've actually upgraded a lot of the boat 
to maintain our budget. <laughs> and I think we're like willing to be open books about this. We'll probably talk about the budget later, but just to give you guys some perspective, like we initially said 50 grand was our top, like after everything's over, when we're ready to cruise, we want to have spent 50 grand or lower than 50 grand on the boat. Cause that's just like where we were at in our lives. And so initially we were looking at boats that were like within the 35 to 40 range. Cause we were like, Oh, that'll give us like 10 grand to play with as far as like upgrades. Um, yeah, you need, <laughs> you need more than that. So we ended up buying a boat for 28,000. Um, and honestly, by the end of it, we may end up spending actually closer to 50 grand just on, on all the things that you need. And we'll try to lay that out for you. Um, we've been keeping kind of a, a tally on everything we've spent. So we, we will put that out eventually, but, um, just know that it does cost a lot to upgrade the boat, to be a cruising boat for a liveaboard that wasn't before. Yeah. And I think it's hard to find one that's already ready to go. I mean, we have, we've looked at so many boats and I don't know. Didn't seem to me like there was a whole lot out there that was like, you know, ready to go. It may kind of seem like it, but not really. Most people were not living on their boats yeah. full time. So that was a kind of a reality check for us is like, if we're going to live on this thing, yeah. we got a lot to do. Okay. So let's see back to the budget. So we kind of talked about, you know, what our budget was and kind of our expectations at the beginning. But for someone else who is, planning on doing something like this I think it's important before is to really I mean when you start looking at your budget but you really want to look at like how long do you plan to cruise are you going to work from your boat like remotely are you going to have to go to work every day physically um, and when you start looking at a boat think about thousands of dollars in upgrades like we just said and it's going to be based on the requirements and how you plan to use it you know so are you going to put it out in the bay and live on anchor and dinghy into work every day and just try to cut costs by living on anchor? Are you going to travel the Caribbean? Um, are you going to live in a marina all the time and have your boat just docked? Are you going to want to cross oceans and circumnavigate the world? I mean, those things obviously drastically change what your boat's going to need. Um, and everyone will be different and that'll be something that you'll have to decide on your own. Um, but for us, you know, we wanted to travel this next year. So our boat needed to be able to travel the Caribbean um, and be able to be lived on comfortably, I guess, for over a year. So that brings its own challenges and own requ its own requirements, obviously. So, and then you got to think about the, you know, the upgrades that you're going to need based on what you plan to do with it and add that into your budget. Right. So we talked about like, we have our first bottom line number. So, you know, you may look at a boat and it may have half of the things that you need. And so you can kind of think, okay, well, you know, it's going to need a beefier, it's going to need the solar beefed up. It's going to need, you know, it's, we're going to have to buy new sails. Like we're going to need another dinghy and an outboard. Like that's going to cost us like 15 grand right off the top. So you can just add that to it, you know, or you may find a boat that has, <clears throat> you know, a windlass and a great solar setup and it has, you know, a, a dinghy and an outboard come with the boat and they're in decent condition. Like, you know, you may that, you know, you may pay more for your boat, but then you're going to have to add, you know, you have to pay less in upgrades. So like I said, tons of variables. That's something that you're going to have to do a lot of time and, and research on. And I know we did. I mean, we kind of just had a rolling budget sort of where we would be like, okay, this is, this is how much money you want to spend. This is how much this particular boat costs. These are all the things it doesn't have that we're going to have to buy for it. And this, this is what the real budget or the real price of this boat is is going to be at least a ballpark estimate, right? 
Yeah, and a lot of them ended up being more a lot more expensive than we expected. So we ended up starting to look at lower cost boats from the start and and turned out to be better. Yeah, and to be honest with you, seemed to me that like, you know, I would I would look at boats that were 45,000 um and then I would look at a boat that was like 30 and you know, maybe it was based on size and the and the 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 model or whatever the brand, but it it just varied drastically across all of them. Like, you know, like our boat right now, we we uh, paid twenty eight thousand for it. You know, we we looked at a boat and nearly bought a boat that was three feet longer, um, and was supposed to have all of the things needed for cruising. And it turned out that, you know, there were a lot of things that weren't working on it. Um, and our boat has basically the same things that boat had except most of our things worked, right? So it's just weird. It's like, I don't know. You would think, oh, if I'm going to pay $18,000 more for this boat, it's almost the same size. It must be amazing condition. It must, everything must be great. You know what I mean? But it's, it's really not the case. We we found a lot of things that weren't working and surprising. Well, and granted, the owner didn't know that those things weren't working. And I think the price went down later on. But that, we'll t- I mean, we'll talk about that in the next one. Yeah. Yeah, and they had cruised it hard. They had they had been yeah they had been sailing that boat hard for the last several years. So of course things are going to go wrong. And I think he wasn't able to fix some of them before he sold them. But I'm just saying, you know, every boat's so different. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. can just really depend. You know. Yeah. So speaking of that, once you have your budget, um, and you know like how much you want to spend on your boat, what is the next step? I think the next step for us, we started looking for the right model, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I just went into a lot of stuff. Sorry about ranting about that. But yeah, so you kind of need to figure out, <laughs> basically, cool. you need to figure out what what do you want to do with your boat, right? And then you can, like you said, then you can yeah. start looking at uh, the model. So you have your budget, you know what you want to do with a boat, and now you need to start finding out, well, what kind of boat or boats should I start looking for? Like as far as how big it is, is it a sailboat, is it a motorboat? Pro- I mean, for us, sailboat, obviously. Um, yeah. And start looking at what's available for sale and uh, do some research on you know, checking out like Facebook groups for owners of that type of boat. And then you can get on there. Like for instance, like we have an Endeavor, I'm in the Endeavor boat owners group and you can get on there and ask questions about, uh, you know, typical problems that that boat has, or if people have historically used that boat model for what you want to use it for and how it worked out for them. Um, a lot of times those people in those forums have had, uh, you know, the same boat you have or, or that you're potentially going to buy. And they've had it for years and they can tell you problems that typically happen with those boats. You know, maybe the, you know, performance and anecdote of performance as far as their point of view. And it can be a good resource um, to hear from someone who owns one and isn't trying to sell you one. And to find like we didn't know what model of boat we wanted from the very, very beginning. We started doing research on like what are the best cruising boats? What are the best liveaboard boats? Yeah. And it would tell you, just do a Google search. If you want a blue water sailboat, if you want to cross oceans, there's plenty of articles out there that'll tell you, um, you know, what the best models are. And we just looked at those. That, that was our starting point, at least. And then um, we would kind of look for those particular models that we thought we liked as far as like the layout and the cockpit and all of those types of things. And then eventually that led us to finding um, what the good models were and what the good um, like sailboat brands were for our specific needs. So it took a while to kind of narrow it down and we did end up with an endeavor, but 
we looked at quite a few, like 10 or more different kinds of models. Yeah, we had we actually had like a list we made yeah. after looking at tons of models and doing research. We were like, okay, we like the layouts um, of like these 10 different boats. And so we just had a list and I would try scour the internet all the time trying to find one of those model boats for sale because I knew, you know, this is the type of boat we want. This is a good layout, at least from the layout, you know, then yeah. obviously you're going to see the condition of the boat. But we had an idea of what we wanted. Um, we ended up not getting uh, a boat on that list, but the boat we did get was made by the same yacht designer yeah. as one of the boats that we wanted. We wanted Irwin 38 was on our list of something we mm-hmm. w- were very interested in and Endeavor, the boat we have, uh, he designed our boat. So I love the layouts of those boats and I love the layout of our boat. So yep. It turned out pretty good, I guess. For sure. Um, so like we, like I said, we started cosmetically sort of looking at stuff. And then um, we actually, like Tanner was saying, he joined a Facebook group for to ask people questions. And just talking to people, we kind of figured out like what were the more well-made boats. Um, my grandfather actually is a, he's a lifetime sailor and he was a really good resource for us. We talked to him over FaceTime um, and he kind of gave us like a list of things to look for and really important things. And he talked a lot about things we didn't even know. Like at that point, we weren't really considering like how important the engine was and what like the brand was and the hours and the um, the different systems on the boat and how they worked. Um, and so he brought to light a lot of the really important actual like boat systems that we started then to think about a lot and that actually became even more important to us than any of the cosmetic things that we initially wanted. So talking to people who know what they are talking about is huge. Um, If you don't have a close relative like I did, like even just going to marinas, talking to, um, you talked to the surveyor a bunch and um, there was just people that kind of came into our lives that knew a lot more than I did or than either of us did really. And we started to talk to them and learn more and more and more um, as we were going through this process. Yeah, I'll say like personally, at the beginning when I didn't know literally anything, and I'm not going to act like I know anything now, but maybe a little bit more than I did at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> for me personally, you know, my priorities changed. At first they were yeah, mostly cosmetic, um, but now they're completely shifted away, and I don't really even care about the cosmetics mostly. It's all about the systems, especially after once we bought our boat, bringing it around <laughs> Florida. I went, you know, from Melbourne, Florida, down south past the Keys and back up to Sarasota. It's like 450 miles. After that little trip, I have really come to like understand and like re- and uh, what do you value the the quality of the systems you have on your boat. You know the functionality of you know the different things. And, and I don't I didn't care at all about the the cabin layout on the way here. I promise you, I was much more concerned about the engine functioning properly, sails. Uh, you know, the way the lines are run to the cockpit so that I can do it myself, like things like that are in solar and you know, things that are, are important, way more important than like the interior. But yeah, it was, it's interesting. I mean, I think over time after looking at a bunch of boats, I started to, to understand that about the systems and whatnot, but I don't know. I definitely like grew over time to understand that I was looking at the wrong things at the beginning. So for all anyone going out and looking at buying a boat, keep that in the back of your mind that everything, and you'll probably read this in articles, of course, is, you know, everyone who's buying their first boat, all they're looking at is like trying to find a little floating condo, you know, but 
in reality, like she said, you know, that's a machine. It's it's a vehicle that's going to move you around and you want it to be safe and you want the things to be easy to use and be functional and be in good condition uh, so you can get from point A to point B safely. So so then eventually we <laughs> we came to terms with things that we actually needed on our boat. Um, that was kind of just an overview of how we got there. It's going to be different for everyone. Um, it's all about priorities and like Tanner said, what you're going to use your boat for. Um, but then what, what do we do after that? Like, how do we actually start looking for boats and finding boats to go look at? Cause this was all like the theoretical yeah. portion of the journey. Yeah. So the step number two would be, you know, how do you actually find a boat? I mean, I, I don't know. Where do I look for a boat? How do I find one? Like, do I like go down to the Marina and that's, it's not like a car dealership. You don't just walk down to the car dealership and go buy a new boat. Like that's not how it works necessarily. So, um, after you decide on your budget, um, and the major things that you want on your boat, you know, time to start probably scouring the internet for most people. That's probably how you're going to find it. Um, in the old days, they probably, people were looking in the papers and talking to others about boats for sale if they knew somebody. But nowadays you have the internet at your disposal, obviously. So some of the Key websites I used was uh, yachtworld.com, boattrader.com, Facebook Marketplace. A lot of people will post boats on there. And uh, I actually found our boat on sailboatlistings.com. I would use those sites to get an idea, like we were saying before, of what's actually out there on the market and what's in your price range, like what type of boats are going to be in, in, in your range. So you can filter that and figure, you know, filter it by area, filter it by price. And uh, that's a good place to start. I, I spent a lot, a lot of time looking at th- probably thousands of boats, um, trying to find, uh, one that we were interested in. And I think at the end of the day, we probably looked at a thousand boats online and I think I actually set foot on maybe four of them, um, before we found the one that we wanted. So it can take, and it took me what maybe like three months, two or three months. And I live in Florida. I lived in Florida at the time I was doing this, so I was able to actually, you know, if I saw a boat, you know, I could actually go set foot on it the next day if I wanted to. Um, which a lot of people who are planning on maybe moving to Florida or moving to the coast to start a journey like this, you, you know, you may live in Nebraska, and it's like, okay, well, I found this boat online that I like. I'm gonna have to pay money to fly there and look at it um and then you might have to make a decision after that which is unfortunate because man it can be hard to find a good boat and that would be tough to keep paying money to fly out to see boats that weren't what they maybe looked like online so it was it was interesting you gotta definitely be patient um another thing i did too was if you do live by the coast you can just go check out boat yards i mean people store their boats on the hard for months or even years at a time and they're everywhere probably anywhere if you live by the coast you know there's boat yards everywhere with boats on stilts you can just go in there and walk through there there's usually i mean a handful if not more boats for sale and you can at least just you know get an idea of how big they look i mean you can call the brokers on there and find out how much they cost um it's just i don't know it's interesting it's fun to go walk around and look at and you never know you may find a boat two blocks away from your house that's sitting right there waiting. I mean, we found, we were very interested in a Beneteau that was on the hard. Um, and it was like five minutes from where I was staying, which is pretty, I ended up selling before I got to look at it, but it was kind of interesting. You know, I was like, Oh, that boat's literally five minutes from where I am right now. So it can't hurt to go look, you know, you never know what you're going to find. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, 
I looked at a ton of boats. I think I only contacted an owner and actually went and looked at maybe four or five boats of out of all the ones we looked at. Um, yeah, and that's a whole process in itself. Um, but yeah, that's step two is get is have some patience, get online, use those websites, and just look and look and look and look and look. Um, and keep all of those requirements you have in, in the back of your mind. You know, have like a little checklist of, you know, is this boat meeting your requirements as you're, you know, going through the listing and move on if it's not. You know, I would save, I had like a bookmark thing on my laptop that I would just have like every boat that I saw that, you know, fit the bill a little, or at least I thought it did, I would, you know, save them in there. And I would have a list of like 40 boats. And then me and Emily would just go through and I would show her like the boats I found. And she would send them to me as well. We were both doing the same thing because we were separate at the time. Um, and we would just go through and talk about them. And I think we actually found the Endeavor listing um, when I was in Colorado, right? I went to visit yeah. in, I think, September. And we were I was just like looking online. I was like, hey, look at this boat. It looks pretty sweet. I think we were on our way to Aspen, right, when I called the guy and talked to him about it. Yeah. I would say probably like every spare second both of us had during those three months, we were online looking at boats. So it was like constant, when even when we were walking around together. Um, looking at boats but yeah that it was weird because sailboat listings was like and kind of something we hadn't looked at before it was a kind of a, a hidden gem sort of um and we did realize if you are looking at sailboat listings a lot of the boats on there are already sold um and they just are like on there still we just happened to get lucky and this one wasn't sold yet so yeah it seems like they're they're less uh like brokered yachts yeah like you're dealing with more private uh, sellers on there, I believe. Um, but yeah, Hey, what do I know? I don't know. But our guy was a private owner and we didn't have to deal with a broker for this one. So it was cool though. I mean, definitely a hidden gem. Another thing I noticed, um, as we were looking at boats online, like some of them would have like the full specs all listed on there, like on Facebook marketplace or yacht world or something, they would have like everything on there, like the hours on the engine and the solar power and everything. And others had literally nothing. Um, so you might have to contact the person and ask and you, you'll you have to know what to ask. Because some of the people we contacted, we had to like pull information out of them. Um, they didn't know how many hours were on the engine or like they had to go find out certain things for us. So um, that first step of like knowing what you want is really important because um, it's not always going to be readily available, the information on every boat. So that was something I noticed as well. And, um, this one, obviously we talked to the guy on the phone and he was, he was really personable. He answered all our questions and he didn't know some of the answers that we wanted. Um, but he was, he was able to, um, give us the information that we needed. So talking to the people who are selling it is another big thing. You're not going to find everything online. Oh no, definitely not. And I think I'll come back to that a little in step three. Mm -hmm. Um, so step three is going to be, you know, what do you do when you find a boat you're interested in? So you've got online, you've, walk some boat yards, you find a couple of boats that you want to go look at. Um, so what do you do next? How, like, how does that e process even work? And, you know, maybe I don't do this right, but this is how I did it. You know, uh, you call the broker or the owner on the listing and then, uh, and set up a time, you know, if they're showing the boat, when you can come take a look at it, I would do some research. Like I said before, you know, you're already been doing research on, different types of boats and models. But once you see this boat, you know, the model, you know, the brand, um, start looking online and finding any problems that that specific boat has had historically so that you can maybe try to, to nail those down 
first thing when you start looking at the boat. Um, once again, join Facebook groups for the owners of that type of boat. And then I also read a book, which is pretty amazing. It's called Inspecting the Aging Sailboat by Don Casey. And I'm going to put an affiliate link in the um, show notes as well as if we write a blog about this, it'll be there as well if you want to check it out. It's really cool. I read it twice. Um, basically, this guy teaches you how to do your own inspection and recognize problems. It was huge for me because I had literally no idea what to look for. You know, at first, all I was looking for is what is the condition cosmetically? Are things clean? Just, you know, kind of common sense stuff. But he goes through, you know, the real things to look for. Um, and I, actually, at the end, he gives you a list, like an ex- inspection list that can be done in 30 minutes or less, which is amazing for your first look at the boat. You know, if they're if they're a busy person and they can only show you the boat for an hour or 30 minutes, you know, you don't want to be digging around in the boat for four hours. You would want to do a quick inspection the first time you look and then... You know, depending on what you find, if you're still interested, you could then ask for, you know, say, hey, I'm very interested. I didn't find anything. I'd like to do a more thorough inspection, though. Can we set up like a second appointment? Um, I would definitely recommend you read that book unless you have a lot of boat experience, own your own boat, or you have someone to come with you to help you survey, do that first little survey. I would definitely read that book 100%. Um, Another thing is to... Like I was saying, if you know someone, talk to people who know about boats. Emily's grandfather has been a sailor all his life, and he had a lot of knowledge to share about boat systems and what we needed to look for when we went and looked at the boat. And then uh, show up to the boat showing and get to work, have a plan, like use that inspection checklist or whatever, and cover every inch of the boat that you can find everything. I think at first I was uh, a little nervous because, I mean, I'm not part of the boat community. I don't know what was like acceptable or normal you know I, I didn't know so was it rude to like dig in and find every little thing I didn't really know at first um but I'll say this I mean you're about to buy this thing from somebody and it's about to you're going to inherit every problem that comes from that boat so it's in your best interest to literally dig into everything find everything that works and doesn't work um and then another big tip I would say is Make sure you turn everything on and the owner shows you that everything is functional. And I literally mean everything because on a boat, things are always, you know, needing repair or maintenance and not working as they should be. And a lot of times you may just figure something would be functional. Like, well, why would that, you know, like for instance, the CS is one of the boats we looked at. The microwave in the boat was on at the time I inspected it. And when I did the survey, the guy like literally went and typed the number in to like start the microwave and press start and the microwave didn't work. It's like it just the clock was working. So it looked like it was on and I was like, well, I'm sure it works. Like why would I need to go start it? Like I'm cooking something. But that's literally the kind of detail I'm talking about here. Like literally use everything. <laughs> it's very important. Um, yeah, because I mean, there's always going to be some things you're going to have to fix on every boat. And there's things on our boat that I figured would work and they, uh, they, they don't. And now I get to fix them. So just be very, very just be, sorry, just be very thorough. That's my point. Um, and then if you're still interested in the boat after this quick inspection, like I said, ask for more time so you can really dig into the weeds. 
So those are the three steps for searching for your perfect boat, right? Or your not so perfect boat. Yeah, not probably. It's honestly probably not going to be so perfect. I mean, people literally spend seven hundred thousand dollars on a boat, and it comes out of the factory, and stuff breaks the first day they move it. It's just boats. That was the biggest thing that I learned through this whole process was like you have to be realistic. The boat is going to have issues, especially like if your price range is anywhere near where ours was, you're not going to get a boat that is perfect and ready to go for what you need. It's every every boat is individual and it doesn't like the people that were using our boat before they they weren't doing what we're going to do. So um, the boat was good enough at the time that we bought it and we are making it perfect for what we need. So that's kind of like the takeaway that I had through this whole process was like, you're going to want to make the boat what you want to make the boat, no matter what. So buy the boat that makes the most sense for you and make it into what you want. Yeah. So looking for a boat's time consuming. It's a little stressful, but honestly, it's a really amazing experience and something that I'm never going to forget. And I think it was just like I've said a bunch of times, like this whole first six months or whatever of doing this is just it's like learning it's like drinking from a fire hose it's unbelievable how much you learn and experience and i'll never forget it i mean if we continue to to be on to live on boats and cruise and sail or whatever the next time i go look for another boat if we ever upgrade it's gonna be a very different experience because of just the things that i learned the first time so it's pretty cool experience uh it's crazy so but also it's a lot of fun we kind of went through all of this sort of on our own. Um, we didn't know anyone who was doing this and we were just kind of learning as we went. But if you guys have questions, if you want to know anything, if you have any sort of like idea or questions on like what we did or how you might want to do something, just ask. We uh, were more than happy to help people out and uh, try to eliminate some of the learning curve that we had to experience. Um, so yeah, comments if you want and uh, reach out to us. Join our community. Yeah, we're we're not experts, but we can definitely share our experience and hopefully maybe you can not make some of the mistakes that we made. For sure. But uh, So yeah, the key takeaways, um, step one, do some research, make sure you know what type of boat you want and how you plan to use it. You know, and find and find a boat that fits those needs, and that's going to be within your budget, right? Number two, get on all the boat listing websites, spend a lot of time looking at boats, comparing prices, models. Be patient and find what you actually want. Boats come on and off the market constantly. There's, I would look at a boat and three days later it's gone. I look at a boat and a week later it's gone. It's just and the new new boats are out there. So don't, you know, be patient and you and you'll be able to find what you want. Just just be patient. Number three, prepare yourself to step foot on the boat. Prepare yourself before you step foot on the boat. You know, it could be yours and anything that you miss, you're going to inherit it. So be very thorough and don't feel bad about asking them to show you things are operational and don't be afraid to dig into everything. And that's it. Good luck, everyone. Tune in for our next podcast where we talk about the survey and the offer that we put on our boat. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of the Sincia Podcast. Please like, rate, comment, or share if you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to support us, you can by subscribing to our YouTube channel or Patreon, where you can get some additional content and some cool swag. Check out our website at sailingsincia.com, where you can learn more about us and our mission, and links to all the content we produce each week. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.